You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I am your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I'm tired, Adam. I'm quite tired. I can imagine. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long day. It's been a long day. My voice hurts. My head hurts. <laughs> I am laughing and on the verge of tears, deep down. I in the inside, I am screaming and crying, but on the outside, I'm just thrilled to be here. Some would call that the uh, sad clown. Um, I don't know if I would call myself a sad clown because I have a terrible fear of clowns. Fun fact about me. I don't know if I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yep. Oh, I hate clowns. I'm not a fan of clowns, but I'm not afraid of them. Oh, I'm horribly afraid. Yep. I will cower into a corner. Bees, though. I'm afraid of bees. Like, definitely afraid of bees. Well, I am allergic to bees. So, they sting me. I'm dead. I'm not even allergic. I just, I'm very scared of bees. Yeah, well, I'm scared of them more than one. Yeah, because of a traumatic experience when I was like six or or so. Yeah, no, I know they are not. No, 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 no. I got no, stung no. right in the. I got stung right in the forehead. Oh, yeah. Did they not leave a fun the, time. The, the, the stinger? Was the stinger left in? I'll be honest. That was not my first priority. I did well, not think it, about. It, well, the stinger was left in. You were responsible for one less B. And I thank you for your efforts. Frankly, I was more focused. So I was on, I was like on a jungle gym when this happened or like one of those. So this is tangent or we're like five minutes in, not even two minutes in. And we're already going on a tangent. If you want to be, if you want to be exact, we are two minutes and eight seconds. in. Okay. So mini story time. So I was, so I'm at summer camp. At uh, so Friends Academy in Locust Valley, you heard of it? No, no. Okay, private school. Anyway, my dad was the principal, so I got so I got in there for free, basically. Nice flex, Adam. I'm just saying. Nice flex. Continue. <laughs> you're you're, kill, you're killing the story. Well, just context. So, <laughs> the, well, the reason I'm saying that is because they also had a summer camp that you can go to. And so in the summer camp, they have like a, they they have a big playground area and they have one of those like, like big nets that you can climb onto that you can get up onto. There's like a slide up there. Probably. I don't remember all that. I don't remember all that well, but anyway, the supports for these nets are like little cups, almost like mini cylinders. And one day I was like, huh, I wonder what's in those. What if it's something interesting? So I go up to one of them, poke my head inside, and hornet's nest. Oh, dear God. So I was lucky, probably, that I only got stung once. Yeah, no, if, if there was a hornet that, that, that stung me, yeah, I would need to be rushed to the hospital immediately. I'm pretty sure... I mean, I could be misremembering because it was a very traumatic experience, but I'm pretty sure I looked one of those hornets in the eye. Oh, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that is quite terrifying. Yet, 
yet it is quite funny that if I were to go on my uh, my YouTube right now on my phone and look at my suggested, I could bet you that one of my suggested videos is probably some sort of beehive removal. Those things fascinate me. Oof. I get jumpy even if it's bumblebees. I know bumblebees can't hurt me in my mind, but when I see a bee or a bee adjacent thing, my fight or flight response is just immediately activated. Bumblebees can sting. It's the honeybees. Honeybees don't sting. Huh. Bumblebees okay. sting. But the problem is with the bum- with bumblebees, if they sting, doesn't matter whether they release the stinger or not. If the bumble- bumblebees sting, they die immediately. Well, they it's, don't want to sting. Is right. The they, don't, they don't want to sting. They do it as it's like the fight or flight response for bumblebees. With the hornets and the yellow jackets, those things are just bastards. And I, I, I mean it when I say if there was some sort of uh, some sort of nuclear genocide that occurred to the bee population, I would not mind it. I know what that what that would mean for our um, our uh, what's what's the word that I'm looking for? Ecological climate. Our ecosystem is the our word ecosystem. You're for. Yes, our ecological the word that you're climate. looking for. Our ecological situation. I, I am I'm aware of what that would do to it. However, I would be able to live my life without fear. Put well, it that way. I'm pretty sure that about is clowns. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that wasps and hornets don't actually contribute anything to the our, the ecosystem that we have because they don't oh, really? pollinate or anything like that. Fair. Fair. Okay, so the bumblebee, the bumblebees can live. The bumblebees and the honeybees can live. The wasps and the hornets, they, yeah, they can die. Yeah, no problem. So the funny thing is also, which is honestly not funny, but remember that SpongeBob episode with the butterfly where they had the close-up on its face? It was like a realistic-looking butterfly face. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I legitimately, when I was little, I legitimately could not watch that episode. I That close-up freaked me the fuck out. Really? Really. Very interesting. It's creepy. And it's like a jump. It's a jump scare, too, because it's just like right there. And also, it probably brought up the traumatic memories of me looking into a hornet's nest when I was six. Well, I could tell I could tell you that when I was really, really, really young and like when I was watching this was when I was still watching Sesame Street. So this is like how young I was petrified at Alma. Really? Petrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? He's a lovable Be- guy. Because he's an inanimate object with eyes and a moving mouth. I did not like that. That's like all of the Muppets. Yeah, I hated the Muppets too. That's like most of Sesame Street. They're all puppets. That's the yeah, point. I, I didn't like Sesame Street for that then reason. Why were you why were you watching Sesame Street? Because my mother watch, wa- like- my mother thought it would be a great idea to try and get me to watch Sesame Street to mesmerize me by the characters. And it just did not work one bit. Couldn't Donna have put on Blue's Clues or something? Oh, I love me some Blue's Clues. Oh my God. Uh, yes, I love I love Blue. Yes. Steve? Oof. That's a guy. That's a great guy. Anyway, yeah. So that's my shout out, story. Shout out to the homie Steve. <laughs> all, my, all my homies love Steve. It's true. I really love Steve. Who was who was the other guy? It was Steve, and then it was who was the guy know. after Steve? Who the hell was the guy after Steve went to college? Got yeah, a new job. Yeah, when he when he when he left, it was 
Oh shit! What was his name? I know they have, they have a, they have like a new guy now, but I don't care about the new guy. New the new guy that new guy can no that new guy can go fuck himself. Whatever the new guy is, it was. Oh God! What was his name? Joe? Was it Joe? I don't know. I don't. I didn't pay attention all that much to. I didn't really watch Blue's Clues as a kid. What? You wouldn't mind? I watched it, but like I don't know. It's more of a. I just watched like Cartoon Network and some some like the Nick shows. Like I watched SpongeBob, for example. Fairly Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, that's that sort of stuff. Gonna catch Moxie's Danny Phantom. Gonna catch Moxie's Danny Phantom. Gonna catch Moxie's Danny Phantom. It is Joe. And Justice League. Fucking love Justice League. Great TV show. It was Joe. It was Joe. That that was toward the end of my Blues Clues watching. I I, I was definitely a Steve child. I was absolutely 100% a Steve child. And... He brought me some of the best poets as a child. So, Steve, thank you very much, sir. Cool. All right. So let's get into the, what we're talking about here. And would you would you look at this? We're talking about football again. How dare you forget the program that we are on and how we start a show? Oh, of course. I'm that sorry. That is disgraceful. That is shocking. That is just absolutely shocking. Criminal. Criminal. That is a crime punishable by death. I'm sorry. That's almost as bad as as going into the mailbag and not saying that the first man out of the mailbag is from Portland, Oregon. It's true. By the way, we did have two questions out of the mailbag on on the Basin Talk podcast fantasy show. And, of course, both are from Portland, Oregon. So thank you to those. Beautiful individuals in Portland, Oregon. Correct. I'm sorry. Mr. Bird, so what is your, what, who is your deep sleeper? Uh, very somber uh, deep sleeper for me this week, Adam. Uh, Peaky Blinders. The last episode of Peaky Blinders aired Saturday uh, in the UK on BBC. The end of an era for Peaky Blinders. Of course, it has not aired in the US yet. I'm thinking it's probably going to come out in the summer. Um, and then that's uh, that's it. There was a plan, I think, to do a movie for uh, for Peaky Blinders. And I don't know if that's going to happen because of the uh, the death of um, Polly, the actress who plays Polly, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. So for, for, forgive me. But yeah, Peaky Blinders, the very last episode aired nine years. What a fucking television show. Oh my god! I think like that show's been on for a really long time. That show—it's uh, been on for ten years, just about. Yeah, I feel like that—that that show sounds like it was like it came out in the sixties or seventies. Well, it's set in the twenties. It is set in the twenties. Such a great show, and it gives me more exposure to Tom Hardy. Who? <sighs> I say this very, very cautiously, but as a heterosexual male. I would use a hall pass on Tom Hardy. Oh my God. That man. What is it with guys named Tom? They're just very beautiful individuals, aren't they? Well, he's definitely Tom Hardy is the one exception to the rule. Well, 
Tom Holland's kind of cool. But like, see, I'm not a Tom Holland guy. He supports that club. So not for me. Really? Yeah. No, but he supports, that, uh, uh, he supports uh, T word, H word. No, not a fan. That one Tom, fuck him. Oh, that's a great Tom. That's my favorite Tom. More of a Thomas the Tank time. Engine kind of guy. Mm. Or Tom Thibodeau. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Done with that shit. Tom Flores. He's a good Tom. Who's one Tom two, Flores? He's the Raiders coach that won two Super Bowls. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought there's like another Tom Flores that we were, we were talking about. Like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to know like an actor, Tom Flores. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know if I would use a hall pass on Tom Flores, but. No, I'm not. I'm just taking this to people named Tom that I think are interesting. Not even like. There are definitely other Toms. I mean, no, not. I was going to say not. Um, oh, I'm an idiot. Tom Cruise. Oh, great guy. Eh. Adam, he's handsome. Come on now. He's say what you want. Yeah. Say what you want about his religious slash political beliefs, but. Just on the surface, very handsome man. Well, yeah. I don't know if I, I can guess. get behind the whole Scientology shit, but it's kind of a package deal with Tom Cruise, though. Oh, so if if I'm going if I'm going to and I quote use the hall pass on Tom Cruise, that means I have to embrace the whole Scientology thing. Well, you have to basically. Oh, I don't want to get into this, but oh, we're here. We're here. <laughs> you have to, you know seduce tom cruise if you want to really do that so you have to be you have to ingratiate yourself with him like you have to i I have to use the power of scientology to arouse tom cruise no not even but you still have to like have a conversation with him and talk to him i mean i i can tell you there have been um uh many rendezvous that i've experienced in my life where there have been very few words said at least sober. Okay. I am not touching that one. I mean, Tom Hardy. I, I I literally, I just Googled the man just so I can look at him. I mean, he is just, he is fabulous. What a fabulous individual. Now, I, I don't know. Do I look, do I like bearded Tom or not bearded Tom more? Hmm. You know who my favorite Tom is? Who? Tom Seaver. Ugh. Rest in peace, Tom Seaver. His statue's coming. It's on its hey, way. Speak, speak, speaking of um, deaths and uh, terrible news organizations, did you see... Um, Wait a minute. Where, what do terrible news organizations have? Oh, because... I, was, I was thinking more about SNY. SNY is a terrible organization. Terrible what? news organization. Terrible channel. But I digress. Did you see um, Spit and Chicklets? Take some shit for reporting the death of Mike Bossy. They did. Well, I know that he's a he was moved to palliative care. I didn't know yes. that he died. No, 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 no. That's the point. Oh, Spit that's and fucked up. Spit and Chicklets put on their socials that he died. Well, fuck and Barcy. He's still very much alive. Well, if you want to talk about shitty news organizations, Barstool. Oh, they are the worst. Hands. They down. are the worst. Hands down, far and away, Barstool is the absolute worst. For a while. They were cool. Like, I get it. Now, it's just, it's an out-of-control conglomerate. 
Now, if, if Barstool called me tomorrow and said, hey, you want to come work for us? Here's a multi-million dollar salary. I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, fuck yeah. I'll wait. I'll wave the goddamn Barstool flag. Adam, you know what they know. say. You know what they say. Every band has a price. And I am no exception to that rule. I don't know. How don't much know to sleep with Tom Hardy? Zero dollars. Well, that's different. That's not like basically selling your soul to everything that's wrong with sports journalism. That's fair. That's fair. Because then I, I would be contemplating, you know, the John Havens in the world of the world and the Ken Rosenthal's. And those are two terrible individuals. Well, not even that. You'll just be like, well, good. Good to know that I am never going to be working for MLB Network or Barstool after this one, Adam. Well, I've done that. I've done. I've worked for one of those companies. Guess which one? I'll give you three guesses. Uh, it would be it would be MLB Network. Yes. Well, you did it. You were also doing it during the dog days of the pandemic. So remember, no, remember those like, days? Remember we had no, that thing. That, remember we had that thing such as such, such as COVID. Well, hey, hey, I would just like everyone out there to know if you go back and you listen to one of our earliest episodes, the Basement Talk podcast, my deep sleeper was in fact COVID. That's weird. And I urged everybody, don't get COVID. Says so the man I think that got all COVID. of you idiots failed. And then you ended up getting COVID twice. Yeah. All of you idiots failed, myself included. I double failed. Okay. Well, I'm moving on to my deep sleeper. Please, now. please do. Okay. My deep sleeper, I've been kind of flip-flopping between two. You know what? My deep sleeper is taxes. Please. Taxes. I mean, well, it's a very depressing one, but it's around it, is re- it is relevant. It is relevant. Be sure, be sure to get your W-2s because you never know. Oh, yeah. When's tax day? Is it, is it, is it the 20th? It's the 18th. 18th. I'm pretty sure. 18th. 18th. Yes, that's right. That is right. I knew I had it marked down. Yeah, tax day. 18th, day after Easter. Great. So I'll have to, I'll have to make sure all my tax stuff is, is done next week before Easter. That's just that was awesome. Yeah. Where, where was the asshole decided to put Easter on April 17th, the day before tax day? Worry, I, got, I, got, I got some words. I got some words for that guy. It's also in the middle of Passover. Yeah, that, it's very, it's very weird. And it isn't right now. Like, isn't right now Ramadan? Uh, was yeah. it Ramadan just recently? Yeah, but Ramadan, you know, it's it's not consistent. Like, it moves up every year. Fair, 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 fair. So, yeah, I, I don't know how they decide when Passover and Easter are. I, I, I don't know the exact, uh, the, the exact formula. For, well, uh, Passover for is it's the Jewish calendar. I think it's the same day on the Jewish calendar, but it's just different compared to the Gregorian calendar that we all use. Interesting. So I, I don't know why I'm, I'm like this just because, you know, I am just a terrible person. Um, but I, I want to look and see in the year of our Lord, uh, 2065, when Easter is. For all of those that are curious. So we're going to be 70. No, 
Not even. No, 68. No, but yeah. 68, 60, 68 are nice. Oh, 2065 is just going to be a great year, isn't it? No, it's not going to be a great year. It's going to be a nice year. It's going to be a nice year. <laughs> it's going to be such a nice year. Oh, oh. And my, my birthday in 2065, my, my nice birthday is on Father's Day. Oh, that's true. It's every, well, it's every six years. Yeah. Every six, every six years. Yeah. I'm looking at it now, but yes, my, my gracious, perfect, nice birthday happens to fall on father's day in the year of our Lord, 2065. Hopefully I'll see you there. If not, then it was a good time. I would hope so. Can you imagine? We're still doing this podcast 45 years later, 43 years years later. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. I love you, Adam, but I hope not. Yeah, that would be pretty nuts. Oh, I hope I'm I'm I hope I'm in some cabin in uh in Cancun by then. Recording podcasts every Tuesday. That's what, that's Ryan and Greg's future. Recording podcasts every day for the next 45 years. Every pretty month. much. No, I want to I want to be in some shanty in the middle of nowhere where there's no Wi-Fi. Except for where I need to set my fantasy lineups. You could move out to Utah. No, I, I mean, I can tell you my, my, my actual dream place where I want to end up is Montana. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. You should move to Utah. There's cooler stuff here. We have, have you seen the national parks that we have in Utah? Have you, seen, have you seen Glacier National Park? Have you seen Bryce Canyon? I have not seen Bryce Canyon. My, my, my parents have actually been there. It's beautiful. Glacier National Park was, was quite gorgeous. But I also, I, I, again, it all goes back to what we talked about last week. I really don't like people. So I, I, like, I like isolation. I like that. Well, I mean, you can move to the one of the less gentrified cities or towns in Utah. I want to be in the middle of the woods. Like if I, I, want, to see, I, want, I, I, I want to see a living thing. I want it to be an animal. Like, or a tree. I would rather see a bear than a human being when I'm at that point in my life. Fair. But I also need to have Wi-Fi for when to set my lineups. Set my lineups, then phone goes off and I go back tending horses or ATVing or shooting or something like that. Or playing video games, maybe. Mm. Listen, I hope I'm not playing video games at, at 69. I hope not. Oh, if I am still playing video games at 69, I'm probably going to have hella arthritis. Put it this way, I would be I would be able to just absolutely smack up my grandkids in FIFA. Let me tell you, FIFA twenty sixty nine coming at you live. FIFA, oh my god, I'm playing with I playing with Icon Pedri. I, you see, kids, I remember back in my day when Pedri was eighteen and playing for Barcelona. Oh God, Grandpa, was he good? Oh, yes, yes, kids. He was very, very good. I can't wait to play as Icon Phil Foden. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. Icon Bukayo Saka. Icon James McAtee. Icon Miguel Flores. Great guy. Great guy. I love him. Icon Charlie Patino. My king. My fucking king. By the way, I actually do have a, um, I'm a, in an auction right now, and I have a, a, a bid in. For a signed Emil Smith Rowe shirt 
and I am really hoping that I can get it because if I do, um, when I get my new office, I am going to hang that shit up. By the way, I feel like we're glossing over something. We need to live to a time where the release it where a game is released called FIFA 69. We we need to live to that time. I can die in peace. There there are several things that need to happen. Uh, I need to see Arsenal win a major trophy. I need to see the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. I need to see the Rangers win a Stanley Cup. I need to see the Knicks win an NBA title, but I'm losing more and more hope over that as the days go by. And I need to see FIFA 69. Yeah. I'm excited. Then I can die in peace. I can, I can die a happy man. Anyway, kids, do your taxes. <laughs> how do we, how do we <laughs> get it from doing taxes? I don't know. Oh, we were talking about who put tax day the day the day after Easter, and then I kept checking to see how far the calendar would go back, and we discovered that it went all the way back to the year of our Lord 2065. Well, it goes back further, but I just can't be asked right now to uh, to go any further, quite frankly. Why don't you check the Farmer's Almanac and see what the weather's going to be like that day? Now, Adam, that that is just going above and beyond the call of duty. I mean, I could tell you what the weather will be that day if you'd like. No, no, we we have we have stuff to talk about. Please, please, by all means, by all means, continue. Okay, so Devontae Parker gets traded to the New England Patriots. More football! In, hooray! Hooray! So Devontae Parker and a 2022 fifth round pick. He was traded to New England for a a 2023 third round pick. What is this? The NHL for trading away third 2023 draft picks now. Yep, pretty much. I mean, it's a good trade, I guess. I mean, the Patriots needed a receiver. Yeah, desperately. Desperately. And I don't know if if Devontae Parker necessarily is the guy that puts them over the top. But, I mean, his contract is is friendly enough, has two years left on his existing deal. So that means... Not this season, but next season, the second half of next season, you got to pick him up because Devontae Parker is going to be amazing because he's playing for his cash. That's the way it works. Well, he already played for his cash. It, it only really worked when you're playing for the first big contract. For the second one, it is unproven. For the first one, it is absolutely proven, stone cold, locked in guarantee. But what I think also helps the Patriots case with this is it's a relatively cheap price to pay. For a guy who has experience being the number one, will walk in being the 1A or 1B in this offense with a lot of other solid, if not unspectacular options in the Patriots offense. And there's relatively no risk. There's relatively no risk involved because he's owed around $5.7 million this year and next year. But there's no guaranteed money involved. So basically, you're just paying Devontae Parker the base salary. And that's it. That's it. So all in all, it's not really something that is just going to, you know, be, this is not one where you could say, Oh man, I really, how could the Patriots do this deal when it didn't work out? It doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. And that's, that's just kind of it. Cause if they decide to cut them after this year. It counts for one year against their cap. It's a minimal hit and that's it. Well, I feel like also if I was a Patriots fan, which would be the worst possible existence and timeline. For me, anyway. If you know I, what winning is like. If I was a Patriots fan in this we- in a weird alternate universe. As would I, to be fair. 
yeah. I would have, and I called into like WEI or something. I'd be, when they're talking about this trade, I'd be like, you know, it would have been nice if they had gone after a bigger name receiver for Mac Jones, like all the other teams are doing to try and get big name receivers for their young quarterbacks. Yeah, we all know that Bill Belichick has an affinity for those draft picks. So he probably need, they probably had to wrestle the third round pick out of Bill Belichick's lifeless hands, like they had to wrestle the draft card for Johnny Benzel out of Jerry Jones's hands. See that that's an image. Oh yes, it is. That uh, that is that is a radio professional in just showing a truly truly masterful showing of his craft, just painting an image where the listener can now see the crafts, the other front office executives, maybe maybe Bill's own children who are on the staff with the Patriots having to physically wrestle the third round pick, the inanimate third round pick out of Bill Belichick's hands to give it away to the Dolphins because that could be yeah. his next franchise quarterback. I wouldn't put it past Steve to... Bill Belichick's also wearing an Emperor Palpatine cloak at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Probably, like, probably has a red lightsaber in his back pocket. In his back pocket. Probably. He's also like Robert Kraft is coming in from the other room, but he's also electrocuting him as he's fighting off Steve Belichick. Probably. Probably. Yeah. It's fun. Very vivid. So now, now would, would Belichick be Palpatine or would he be Snoke? No, he's Palpatine. He is Palpatine. Okay. So then Kraft would would be Snoke. No. Then who would Robert Kraft be? Because Robert Kraft really is the the head of the whole empire. Nah. It's It's kind of Bill. It's good. It's Bill. It's Bill. Who am I fucking kidding? Okay. Robert Kraft is Darth Vader, probably. No, Darth Vader was Brady. Everyone knew that. Now it's no. like Mac Jones is like Darth Maul. That's not true. Darth Vader is redeemable. Fair, fair. But still, that's Brady's like the, a douche. That's disgusting. That's disgraceful. I will, not, I will not tolerate that. This is a rogue podcast host, and the views of this rogue podcast host will not be accepted. And nor do they express the true views of the Basement Talk podcast. I'm trying to get an interview with Tom Brady for Christ's sake, and you're ruining my, my chances. Thanks. I'll be, call, I'll be calling in sick for that one. Oh, I would be, I'd be in a fucking tuxedo. Tell him I say fuck you. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but for the fantasy players out there, because we are both fantasy guys, I kind of like Devontae Barker, low-key. Well, he's a solid, reliable Option. He's gonna be the number one. I mean, I don't, I, I, think, I don't know if I would ever use the word reliable. To describe okay, he's Devontae not reliable. Marker. He's not reliable, but he's a solid option. He's, he's upside. Good. He is upside. Yeah, and he's he the definitely one. Is upside. I think that before this, with Devontae Parker being the number three, number four option, maybe even mm-hmm. in Miami, if uh, Mike Isaki would sign his franchise tag, the up. Op- I'm, like, I'm he, almost certain he did. Right. I, I, if he did, then he did. Then Devontae Parker would probably be the fourth option. Yeah. In Miami's offense. 3A, 3B. Yeah. But you're not, dra- you wouldn't be drafting him at that mm-hmm. point. No. But now he's draftable. You know, yeah. you probably 
getting him in like the later rounds, just because Mac Jones is an okay quarterback, he's going to get him the ball. He's, I don't know if he's the number one target per se, because I think that Hunter Henry is still going to be that guy. Okay, Mac towards Jones the red zone, him. absolutely. And that's going to be a problem for fantasy for Devontae Parker is you might see his touchdown numbers not be what you want them to be just because Hunter Henry is getting all the targets in the red zone. Like you'd expect a number one receiver to be getting those like deep fades of the goal line, but it's just going to Hunter Henry or it's going to Ramondre Stevenson. If they're going to run the ball. Damian Harris, but see, I, I, I kind of disagree because you're taking Devontae Parker late. You don't, you're not really expecting anything. Because odds are, you, no. odds are someone you're taking late, you're going to end up cutting anyway. But if he can give you a nice return, if he can get you 60, 65 catches, maybe sniff 900 to 1,000 yards and get you five, six touchdowns with where you're drafting him, it's a pretty solid return. Like you, can't be, you can't be too upset about that. Yeah, I guess just temper your expectations. Don't expect the moon and the stars for drafting, Devon, for, uh, drafting Devontae Parker. Spot on. Don't don't expect the moon and the stars. Correct. Especially in this offense where they like to split, spread the ball around too. And I mean, what this means for the other receivers in New England? They take, a hit. They, they, t- yeah. they take a hit, but it's not like we were actively monitoring Nelson Aguilar or Nikhil Harry or Jacoby Myers or uh, Kendrick Bourne. Like they were all flyer guys anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's. A, but if, if okay there is trade. a guy, if there is a pass catcher in this offense that I would love to have in my team, it probably still is Hunter Henry. But Devontae Parker is pretty close. Yeah, and honestly, it's just good for good trade for Devontae Parker himself. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He gets to be a focal point in an offense that is going to be overseen by Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick would not trade for a guy if he did not have any plans to use him. Who is the new offensive coordinator? Is it? It's not Belichick, is it? No, no. It is. Uh, I have the guy's name in my head. It is. Oh, shit. I literally just talked about him the other day too. Could you imagine if it was Bill O'Brien again? Oh no, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. They haven't hired one yet. I was talking. I was talking about. Um, the guy from uh, the Patriots that left to go to Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Um, who was, who was the freaking guy? Um, is the quarterback Nick Lombardi. Interesting. So is he like an offensive assistant quarterback coach? Like he was a wide receivers coach. Uh, okay. He was a wide receivers coach and now he's going to, uh, Vegas to be the offensive coordinator for uh, under McDaniels. Interesting. So they haven't signed an out or they haven't hired an offensive coordinator yet. That's interesting. Yes, they have. They have not uh, hired an offensive coordinator, yet. But, but, but don't worry. They have hired back Matt Patricia and Joe judge. Why can't I? So here's another image. I can just imagine Bill Belichick is like a comforting father or grandmother, You're like it's okay. Just trying to comfort Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. It's like it's okay. We'll take you back. It's like the uh, 
It's like the Alabama coaching rehabilitation program. Fair. Very fair. It's okay that your career was terrible as a head coach. You can come be an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator or special teams coach in New England and just be comfortable. (laughs) Come back to your comfort zone. It's okay. Come back. Come back. We're here for you. I'm sure Patriots fans are thrilled because I know they wanted Matt Patricia run out of town for how terrible those defenses were. Joe Judge, I feel like they kind of liked because the special teams in New England have been pretty good. But I have not heard good things about, like, you know, the defenses just in general for the Patriots when Matt Patricia was defensive coordinator were not good. No, they were not. But they'll play hard. They'll play hard. But there's no doubt about it that um, the Patriots, just in general, have taken a massive step back. So, oh man, you hate to see it. Well, the Bills are still the uh, still the top dogs in the, in the AFC East. You know, I feel bad for the Patriots. They haven't won it. They haven't won anything in a while. Those poor guys in New England. I'm sure you're you're you're, you're distraught. Oh yeah. Yep. You can. Yep. Yep. You can see it in my face. <laughs> Definitely not smiling. All right, so let's move on to the Saints trade, the Saints-Eagles trade in the draft. And this is a big one. You know, this is the biggest draft day trade, not even draft day trade, draft pick trade that's just draft picks since the blockbuster uh, three-team deal with the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Dolphins last year. I was going to say, all of 12 months ago. Yeah, but it's a it's a huge trade where you have a lot of things in play, a lot of draft capital in play. Yeah, a lot of a lot of moving parts, and I've heard some very interesting things about it. Yeah, I've definitely well, I haven't heard any interesting things about it, but I have looked at the trade, and you know, we're looking at the trade now, and the trade is the Eagles are sending number pick number sixteen, number nineteen, and number one ninety four as a sixth round pick to the Saints in exchange for number 18, number 101 in the third round, number 237 in the seventh round, and a 2023 first and a 2024 second. So these are two teams that are kind of, they're either on, they're like kind of in their rebuilds, or maybe if you ask Saints and Eagles fans, there are more retooling than rebuilding. I would say the Saints are a rebuild. I would say the Eagles are a retool. Yeah, where the well, I think the Eagles are just they're still kind of in it. Like they have pieces. With yeah, that's why, that's why that's and, why it's a, a retool. And the in the NFC East is a very a very winnable division by by many standards. I mean, I don't think anybody's really saying the Cowboys have improved. Uh, Washington has improved. The Eagles potentially are going to improve if they haven't already. And the Giants, the Giants, you know, the Giants are going to do the Giants are rebuilding. So really, it's it's like three teams where I think that the, the gap between the Cowboys and the rest has definitely has definitely shrunk for sure. I mean, so, some might say the Cowboys might have gotten a little worse over the offseason. I, I, I would be one of them. Yeah, I would definitely be one of them. And I mean, it's interesting to see. I mean, depending on what the commanders do in the draft and 
if they swing anything else, they might be able to challenge because they also have good pieces there. They have great pieces. They have a great defense. Their offense, they were in a lot of ways, I think, like the, the Broncos, in a lot of ways, where they were kind of a quarterback away from really competing. And, of course, the Broncos ended up getting Russell Wilson and the Commanders now. They get Carson Wentz. I mean, again, you know, say what you want about Carson Wentz. He gets the job done. He's very, very good at just being bang average. And that's kind of what the Commanders need. So back up Carson Wentz with a great defense like the commanders have, you, you potentially have something there. Well, honestly, I mean, that's kind of what happened the last time that Carson Wentz was a good quarterback in the NFC East, where the Eagles had a shutdown defense that really that defense and just some incredible playoff magic from a, large appendage, well-endowed individual. Well-endowed, yes. Friend of mine. But some some playoff magic from that, combined with a really good defense, really won them that Super Bowl when they went on that run. I mean, if you want to be real specific, the defense literally won them the Super Bowl with that strip sack of Brady. Yeah, yeah, very fair point. So I think that, yeah, the commanders are in a good place, but just... Talking about the trade itself, when I first saw this trade, I'm like, oh, this is just a bunch of numbers, you know, but, and it's honestly, it's just like one big kind of trade up in the, especially in the first round. I think that the Saints are getting a, or the Eagles are getting a pretty solid return here where they're getting not only uh, two first round picks, they're trading two first round picks, swapping two first round picks this year. They're also getting a first round pick next year, which is really good for them in their retool. And the Saints, I don't know, does this trade make sense for you? If the Saints, yeah. So there are a couple things that I've that I've heard, and of course, this is the uh, senior NFL and fantasy football insider hat being being put on right now, and expert ranker of fantasy, of fantasy pros. Just want to put that out there. So the couple things that I've heard, number one, this gives the Saints ammunition to trade up. And from what I understand, the Saints are particularly interested in leapfrogging the Carolina Panthers at six to potentially get a quarterback. Now, who would that quarterback be? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it Malik Willis? I don't know. I don't have the answer as to who that guy is, but. The Saints are making that trade knowing they know who their guy is and they're going to make the necessary moves to go and get that guy. If I'm the New York Giants at number five, I'm picking up the phone right now and I'm getting on the phone with the New Orleans Saints and say, what would you like to do for number five? That to me is a logical, logical spot to make a deal. And I look at number three as well with the Houston Texans. If they're not sold on potentially taking Kayvon Thibodeau if he's there or Trayvon Walker. I've heard the Lions are doing extensive uh, research on Kayvon Thibodeau. So if the if one two goes Hutchinson Thibodeau and the Texans are stuck with the choice of Trayvon Walker or potentially one of the corners or Kyle Hamilton, do the Texans potentially want to trade out? That's another option. Just give the Texans more draft capital this year and then potentially in the next couple of years as well to 
enhance their rebuild. I've also heard that the Saints are particularly interested in one of the tackles as well, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense because I don't know why you mortgage that price to trade up for one of the tackles or take one of the tackles at their current locations. It doesn't make a lot of sense if they were to go and do that, but I've heard that they are interested in Evan Neal and they are also interested in Iki Aquano. But to me, this signals quarterback all the way, and they're either going to stand pat with where they are and hope that they get their hands on a, on a Malik Willis, on a Matt Corral, on potentially a Sam Howell, or they're going to trade up and use those two first-round picks that they now have as ammunition to go ahead and make that move to a team like the Giants, like the Texans, hell, even potentially the Jets at, at, at four if their guy is not there, which all indications are, are pouring towards that Kayvon Thibodeau seems to be the guy for the Jets at number four, if he's there. Yeah, and really the way that this works now is that, you know, the Saints and the Eagles both have two first-round picks at this point, and the Saints, this is kind of like a trade back almost. It's getting ammunition to make the move to go up and get a quarterback. That that is the only thing that this could be where it makes sense. Well, the Eagles are getting the, are the ones getting all the picks, really. Well, the two first round picks this year are going to be very valuable, right? But the Eagles are also getting that first round pick next year, right? And next year and next year's draft is going to be a, a lot deeper, at least projected right now, is going to be a lot deeper than than this year's draft. So you're getting more picks next year when when that draft is supposed to be a lot better at least at least more top heavy uh than than this year's but the saints need to get their hands on a guy they need to get their hands on a quarterback and whether they think it is kenny pickett whether they think it is malik willis one of those guys i would imagine is going to be a new orleans saint come the end of round one it's just a question of who that guy is and and honestly i don't know who it is well i think if the saints are looking at quarterback which I mean, maybe they are like, they have to be, they have to, you you do not make that trade for anything other than a quarterback. Then I don't know. Well, it's the same thing like with hockey where like the, the 2023 draft is looking a lot better than this year's draft where that 2023 first round pick is looking a lot more valuable to a team that needs a quarterback as opposed to a 2022 first round pick where the positions that are star studded are edge rushers who, and tackles who are very valuable positions, but they're not quarterbacks. They're they're a lot of they're, they're, they're sexy positions. There are a lot of sexy positions, a lot of shiny positions that are, that are going to be top heavy this year. There aren't those foundational positions that are, that are very top heavy, maybe with the exception of, of receiver. But running back is pretty light. Quarterback is pretty light. Um, tight end, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a sexy pick. It, it really is, you know, receiver and lineman that are um, that are pretty deep in terms of you can get quality guys in day two, if not early day three, that you could probably plug and play and have those guys start week one and you'd feel pretty comfortable about them. But again, with, with, with the Saints... This has got to be, has got to be a quarterback. Otherwise, there, there have to be huge questions asked as to why they decided to make this deal. Like, 
before the draft. We're not even talking about during, before the draft. They have to have something in mind if they are making this kind of deal. And again, I truly hope that it is for a quarterback. Otherwise, there are going to be a lot of questions asked and people are going to say the Philadelphia Eagles did better than well. Whatever whatever is better than well, that's what the Eagles would have done. If this Highway is not robbery, for a quarterback. I feel like, yeah. I mean, Put it this, this way, be... if, if, if they trade all that for Iki Aquanu or Evan Neal, people are going to say highway robbery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a trade where if you made it next year, totally, totally makes sense. But this year, I don't know. I feel like the timelines don't really match up as well. They don't. They don't unless it's for, unless it's for a quarterback. But like what quarterback is worth giving up all of this draft capital? I think the top two are in, in Pickett and Willis. It just depends on which one they want. Pickett, Pickett is the most ready to play week one. And they might go even higher than this. So the Saints might even need to use more draft capital to trade up, hypothetically speaking. Well, I mean, you throw around two first-round picks and a potential trade down. So, I mean, let's, let's just use the Jets, for example. The, the Jets are enticed to trade out of four if Kayvon Thibodeau is not there. And the Jets now are being getting phone calls from the saints where they could potentially have three first round picks. I mean, yeah, I would think Joe I Douglas, would that. I think Joe Douglas would really have to uh, consider that. And of course, of course there would be more and, and teams are going to going to revert to uh, the trade charts and, and see, you know, and, and just mix and match. But at the end of the day, if, if you are a team like, and this is just, I'm just using the jets as a great example, but even, even the giants, same thing. The Giants get a call about five, leapfrogging the Panthers to a quarterback, and the Giants could have three first-round picks, three of them in the top 20. You have to make that deal. Well, I think – I don't know if the Giants are a great example because I think the Giants might take the quarterback. I No, I don't know. I, I do not think so. From what I've heard, they are not in the running for, for the quarterback position, not this year. Okay, I guess whatever. Yeah, they 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 want to give Daniel Jones one more year. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have two guys, one that you draft to take over for the guy that was left over of the old regime. It, it that, that's just not a good uh, locker room sort of thing. So I think you know uh, Brian Dable is going to have Daniel Jones be the guy, and. They, you know, they have Tyrod Taylor there. If Daniel Jones stinks up the joint or if he is injured like he has been, then Tyrod Taylor comes in. He just becomes the de facto guy for the Giants. And then Daniel Jones is a free agent at the end of, of the season. Or no, he has the fifth-year option that they have to make a decision on, which I, I, can't, I can't imagine that the Giants could exercise that fifth-year option on, on Daniel Jones. Unless he throws for like 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. Ooh, which I think there's a better chance of me ending up ending up on the moon by midnight than that happening. Yeah, well, I mean, this trade, like we said, this trade raises up raises a few questions about strategy that are not going to be answered until you know a couple of weeks from now in the draft. A lot of questions, but I think a lot of answers as well. At, at least what things are pointing towards. I think the picture is pretty clear, and if it's not what I think it is, then yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions and, and there absolutely should be. 
Yeah. And I, I know that your immense bias will prevent you from saying a nice thing about the Eagles, but I think they did really good with this trade. They did no. really, really well with this trade to be grammatically no, I correct. Am, I am a senior NFL insider. I have to be, I had to be pragmatic. The Eagles did really well. The Eagles did really well. Cause they don't, they don't necessarily need three first round picks this year. You know, they could, they could make a mortgage one of them and they're able to get an additional pick next year, which is great for a retool slash rebuild, whatever you want to call it. Yep. All right. So let's move on to the national championship. This game. Oh man. Thank you, Kansas. So, so I'll, I'll throw out a little story for you. So before the game, I took UNC plus four and a half. I took them to cover. Then at half, when the line was Kansas plus eight and a half, I live lined Kansas to cover plus eight and a half. And then in the bracket pool that we do, I had Kansas to win the national championship. So UNC plus four and a half covered. Kansas plus eight and a half live line at half covered. And then Kansas to win, which netted me 140 in the pool. It was a very, uh, very lucrative evening for uh, for members of uh, of House Birdsall. Thank you, UNC. Thank you, Kansas. And and boy, I mean, what a great game it was. I mean, the, the first half was just uh, first half was bad, but the the second half, I mean, my lord, it is unbelievable, unbelievable second half. And and congratulations to uh, uh, to Kansas. Yeah, I mean, looking at the way that uh, Kansas move the ball in transition. That's when I watched the, I granted, I watched like some of the highlights of the game, but just seeing the way that Kansas got the ball into the hoop in transition and just how both teams dominated the paint. It was a really good game. Yeah. And I think the main difference for Kansas too was in the first half you had um, Brady Manick and Armando Baycott were just completely dominating. They, own the glass the Kansas is to not have the size to, to match up. And then in the second half, the role players just kind of came out and they put on a show, Remy Martin, Christian Brown, and Jalen Wilson. Think of the first half that combined, they were three of 18 from the floor. And then in the second, they were like 13 of 18. And I think Remy Martin was four of four from the floor, including three threes just in the second half. So when Kansas was able to start hitting their shots, that's when the game was completely turned around. Um, and, it, it, and it didn't help either that the guards for UNC just kind of had a down night. RJ Davis and Caleb Love were 10 of 41 from the floor for the entire game. They just they didn't have that guard play. And, and Kansas eventually found that and they got the contributions from Martin, from Braun, from Wilson, and then from David McCormick as well uh, to really put this over the edge and uh, give give Kansas and Bill Self another national championship. And I mean, Bill Self, I, we don't talk about Bill Self enough when it comes down to the great coaches in, in college basketball. Bill Self has got to be close to being on the precipice of being mentioned in the same sort of conversation as – your Roy Williams's and your and your Coach K's for being one of the best basketball college basketball coaches that we've ever seen, just because of how good 
this Kansas Jayhawks team was. And they, they looked lifeless in the first half. They were just not making anything. They went in at half. They, com- they came out a completely different team, a completely different team. And it showed. And does, it helps, too, when you have a guy who's probably going to be a lottery pick in the NBA draft in two months' time in Ochiabaji as well, who had himself a nice night as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, I was talking about dominating the paint. Like Kansas looked like me playing 2K legitimately, where it was just like just driving in constantly. It was just such a duality in the second half between Kansas and UNC, where UNC was taking a lot of outside shots, maybe a lot of mid-range and threes, and Kansas was just driving through and kind of imposing their will. And that's really, legitimately, really what led to Kansas's success in this game. Well, it also it also really hurt that maybe the best player in the entire tournament, uh, just on form alone, and Armando Baycott had to leave this game uh, with that same ankle injury that he was questionable with going in. Uh, rolled his ankle, had the reaggravation of that, and missed the last uh, forty or so seconds of the game, uh, which really hurt UNC because when he when he was in there with, with Brady Manick, I mean they were just they were a nightmare. To, to go up against and, and, and Baycott started slow, eventually grew into the game, you know, grew his presence on the boards as well. And then with, with the injury, that was, you, you just kind of sense that the end was near for, for UNC without, without Baycott in there. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to touch on here in the national championship game? Um, please New York Knicks. Don't take Ochi Thank you very much. Okay, then. Please, God, no. I love him. I love him. We don't need him. Yeah, I mean, he is a guard. The Knicks do need guards, but he. we need point guards, preferably. He, he, he kind of strikes me as like a, as a wing kind of hybrid. I don't know if he's necessarily a guard. Um, the kind of guard. Should I say that the uh, that the Knicks really need? I mean, hell, I, I can I can dream that maybe the Knicks get some lottery luck for a change, and we win the lottery, get the number one pick, and we're able to take take uh, Chet Holmgren. That would be that would be a dream. That would be nice. I would love that. But this, I mean, the upcoming draft. I mean, this is this is a draft of really it's four guys. It's Jaden Ivey, Paolo Banquero. Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren in whatever order you want to, you want to put them. I know people who will say Jabari Smith from Auburn should be number one over Chet Holmgren. I know people who are saying Chet Holmgren should be number one over Jabari Smith. I've seen people say Jaden Ivey should be in this conversation. I people say Paolo Boncaro has the highest ceiling out of all of them. And he could be the best player coming out of this draft and he should be taken number one. There's a lot of different things that going to be factored into who gets the, who is the number one pick. I mean, obviously, who gets number one pick is going to be decided by balls in a machine. But, I mean, if, if the Knicks want to lose tonight and not be up 15 on the Nets, that would be fantastic. No, but moral victories. Fuck the Nets. Fuck no. Lose. Lose. Tank for Chet. You should, if, you want, if you wanted to win basketball games, you should have done it in January, not with two games to go in the season. I agree. Not 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 the time to show that the Knicks actually had game. N- n- no, not the time. That 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 time has come and gone. 
This team is so infuriating. Oh, I'm, I've already pretty much accepted my faith and I'm never going to see the Knicks win a championship and I'm going to die with one team not winning a championship. The Rangers, the Cowboys, and Arsenal, I have a little bit of, a little bit of faith in. But the Knicks, I have very little. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on to the Star Wars mailbag. Oh, shall thank we? God. Oh, I'm so excited. I like Star Wars. We all love Star Wars here. If you don't like if you don't like Star Wars, thank you for listening to this edition of the Basement Talk podcast for Bird I for uh, for Bird I'm Adam for Adam I'm Bird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have six questions here. Pick a number 1 to 6. Uh, let's go with go with number 2. Two is speaking to me. Well, number two comes from Kyle. Oh, just Kyle. Kyle, Kyle Byrne. Kyle. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> no, just regular Kyle. Or I, I don't know if it, well, it's not, we don't have last names for these. No, we don't. So it could be Kyle Byrne. If, if you are listening, Kyle. Hi, how's it going? Love you, Kyle. You're, you is not our Kyle. I still love you, Kyle. Yeah. I love Kyle's question. So Kyle's question is, who has the coolest... Are you like- out of your mind? You didn't even ask me where Kyle was from. Oh, my God. Oh, you're out of your mind. Where's Kyle oh, from? Oh, this is criminal. Where's Kyle from? Kyle is from the home of the Basement Talk podcast and all of its affiliated shows. Kyle is from Portland, Oregon. All right. We Kyle love- from... We love Portland. Kyle from Portland. Anyway, like I was saying, Kyle's question is great. Who has the coolest lightsaber color and why is it Mace Windu? Oh, Daddy Windu? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's right. He is right. It is Daddy Windu. It's not even, well, yeah, it's Mace Windu. Mace Windu is great. It, it is Daddy Windu, of course. So why is it Mace Windu? It's because it's unique. Yes, he is the only he is the only one in the series of the main characters. We're talking. I'm just talking about the movies because you know you start going into the comics and the Clone Wars and everything like that. Then you start getting other purple sabers. But, but out of all the main characters that the common Joe would know in the series, Daddy Windu is the only one that has the purple saber. Yep. Which makes it the and coolest. This also can be framed as who has the coolest lightsaber? Because actually that's the that's how the quick that's how the question was written. But I kind of added color, but that's Mace Windu's lightsaber is cool because it's unique with the color. I would I would still say I would still say uh, Mace Windu has the coolest. I know people will say Darth Maul, but I don't know. To me, Darth Maul is an overrated character, period. Also, I feel like having a double-edged lightsaber. It's literally, it's, there is an idiom based on how difficult that is to use. Yes, there is. So, I, I don't know, just using a double-bladed lightsaber just is an accident waiting to happen. Agreed. Per, personally, out of the non-conventional lightsabers, my favorite is probably Kylo Ren's, just because it looks really cool. Ooh, that. that's a good shout. That's a good shout. 
I would definitely say Kyle's is a lot cooler than than Darth Ball. Now, would we? Hmm. No, I I wouldn't put General Grievous in there because General Grievous has basic lightsabers. He just has multiple of them. Although he gets extra points for taking them off. They're basically also trophies as well. Yes. They're all taken off of dead Jedi that he's killed. Yes. So he gets, he gets points there for, uh, for, for creativity. And he also gets points for uh, being a, a fantastic meme. Yes. General Kenobi. Yeah. Too bad he wasn't in any of the prequels for that long. Oh, what they did to him is a crime. But honestly, it's funny because a lot of the Jedi and a lot of the lightsabers, like there aren't there aren't too many cool designs. It's just like super traditional. Yeah, it's very basic. Very basic. It's like Darth Maul and Kylo Ren are the two that I can think of off the top of my head that have like actually unique looking lightsabers. Yeah, and even in even in the upcoming um, Obi Wan series, which by the way was was pushed back a couple of days, but when the release comes, we're getting two episodes the first two episodes are going to drop instead of just the first one which is mwah, chef's kiss i'll take that thank you very much but even in even in the in the obi-wan series i mean you just have you just have the basic lightsabers unless unless of course we get darth maul coming back which is which is possible plausible very plausible although they kind of did that sort of thing where like Darth Maul comes back from the dead. Yeah. And yeah. Obi-Wan reacts to Darth Maul coming back from the dead in the Clone Wars. So like they already know kind of that he's still alive and around. Right. right. And that's possible. It's, it's possible that they try and do that here, but hmm, I don't really know if I want to say it. Cause again, I think Darth Maul is very overrated as a, as a character. Yeah. All right. Pick another number. Uh, Cinque. Number five. Number five. Number five comes from Paul. Where's Paul from? Uh, Paul is from St. Paul, Minneapolis. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Out of all the actors in Star Wars, who do you think played their character the best? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. I got to think. That's a really, that's a difficult question to answer on the spot. Because, hmm. see, I thought, I thought Hayden Christensen played Anakin quite well. But he was just really hindered by the writing. Well, I think as I'm thinking about this, and this is definitely not a take that I've, he- that I've held before, but just he's supposed to be awkward around girls. He's a teenager. Right. Right. Although it's weird that Padme is the same age when he was five and he's, she's the same age when he's 15, but we're not even going to talk about that. Hey, I could look at Natalie Portman all day. That's totally I'm okay. Just, with I'm me. just saying, but it he is lovely. Black Swan? Oh my goodness. He's supposed to be awkward, and the writing is awkward, and he's... I don't know if they... I wish they didn't make him so, like, for... like, forcibly edgy. 
you know, it just feels forced how edgy he is. Yeah, I agree. When he gets to, like, when he turns to the dark side. I don't know. That's it's a tough really call, though. Good, that's a really good question. Who is the best played? I think I think I would probably say Obi Wan and Ewan McGregor. I bias put aside. I I think it's Ewan McGregor, but there there are a lot of close calls like Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill. I think they played Luke and Leia really really well. A hot take for me. I don't think Han Solo was played very well at all. You know, watching Empire Strikes Back last. Over the weekend, I was like, man, Han Solo is kind of creepy, actually. Like, trying to romance Leia. I'm like, wow, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I think Harris, I think young Harrison Ford, too, is just very, very stiff. Well, not even that. Just, like, some of the tactics are really, like, dated. And, like, probably wouldn't be... It's, like, culturally acceptable nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Fair. That's fair. But, I mean, that's just also relating to the times. Right. But... I think, I don't know, Harrison Ford played Han Solo pretty well, as far, aside from that part. But like, just like, you know, being the smuggler that doesn't really care about anything besides his next paycheck, and then ends up making some true friends along the way, and kind of realizing that there's more to life than just money and your next bounty, like that sort of thing. Yeah, this is where you know we're going to disagree. We're going to agree and disagree on a lot of things. And and for me, um, Han Solo is definitely not one of my favorite characters in, in, in Star Wars. And I know it's a very unpopular opinion. I think Mark Hamill did a really good job playing Luke. Absolutely, that that, that is a very safe answer. Yeah, and honestly, Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah. It. The way that he just, like, that's the kind of villain that Star Wars, they don't need, like, a serious, like, like a really serious villain. Like, you know, some of the stuff that he did was serious, obviously, you know, blowing it, ordering, blowing up Alderaan and um, just being the whole Chancellor, em- Emperor of the Galactic Empire, uh, Sith Lord. But I think that having, like, a hammy villain like Emperor Palpatine is kind of just something that something like star wars needs where the show like the movies don't take themselves too seriously there are moments where there are like there are serious moments obviously but the tone doesn't really take itself too seriously you know it's a movie about space adventures at the at the end of the day and good versus evil but uh chancellor paul or emperor palpatine i mean even chancellor palpatine in the prequels was pretty good. Yeah. Playing both yeah. sides of the coin there. Yeah, I would say I I I think Ian McDermott is a great shout. I think it's a really, really good shout. Um hmm. but you are you and McGregor's pretty good too. That's a, it's a solid one. I love I love that man. Absolutely love that man. All right. So two and five have been picked. Let's go one. Let's go one. Actually, no, three. Three, 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 three. Okay. Three. 
Okay. So three is from Noah. Where's Noah from? Johannesburg, South Africa. Okay. Oh, okay. So Noah asks, as a newer fan of the to the series, welcome first of all. Thank you, or welcome, welcome. Welcome (laughs) Thank you, thank thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming Noah to the fan. Thank you. I'm keeping that in, so you can you can keep going. You can pout, you can cry all you want. I am keeping that in. That is great. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think that's the second time I've done that too. It probably is. It probably is. That's a, that's amazing. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, welcome, Bella. Welcome. Welcome to the fandom. Welcome Star- to the tribe. Yeah. No, that's another thing. Oh no, 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 no. I'm 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 adopting tribe for this. Okay. Well, anyway, welcome to the fandom. Star Wars is fun. Watch all the watch all the movies. Yeah, watch all the movies except for Attack of the Clones. You can skip that one. Yeah, just you kidding. can. You just, can. Just honestly. kidding. Watch Attack of the Clones, but watch it once and just be thankful it's over. Okay, so Noah says, as a newer fan of the series, can you explain to me why people think the Phantom Menace is the worst thing to ever grace movie screens? I personally don't think it's that bad. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. I mean, come on. Racist, racist caricatures. The C- the C- the overusage of CGI in the Phantom Menace as as um as film scholars as um Adam and I are pretty well trained in uh in in cinematic studies the you the overusage of cgi in phantom menace after attending four years of hofstra where i have studied more visual and audio things than i could ever possibly think of the phantom menace is fucking awful (laughs) oh my god yeah and honestly just like the plot in general and like the the lack of character given to darth maul in the Phantom Menace, Darth Maul. If you watch the Phantom Menace, Darth Maul is just a guy. Yeah, he's just a Sith Lord. Maybe he has no a... backstory to him whatsoever in Phantom Menace. None. No, he's, he's just, just there. You literally see him on a speeder on Tatooine, and then we're having like duel the fates at the end of the movie. Like that's pretty it. much. Now, if there is one good thing about the Phantom Menace, it is duel the fates because my God, is that a banger? Oof. But do you remember in Phantom Menace? when they had the the battle scene not not Maul versus Gwagon and Obi-Wan but with with the drone with the with the droids and the, the, and, the and the tanks yeah the overusage of CGI go back and just watch that sequence oh my dear god it is so bad granted yeah. it is it is 1999 i think is when phantom menace came out 1999 I think can so. You, can you confirm or deny, Adam? Uh, one second. I think it is 1999. I'm, well, I'm almost certain it is. But re- regardless, regardless of whether it is or isn't, for 1999, they tried to do something different. I got it. But it just looks, oh, my God, it looks so bad. And I think they actually tried to go and like correct it a little bit. And they've actually made it worse. <laughs> so, yes, it did come out in 1999. Oh. But episode five came out in like, the 80s and they got away and they used um 
they didn't use that much CG for like the AT-ATs on Hoth where they could have easily, well, maybe not then, but, you know, they could have tried something with CGI for that instead of having the props. But it's just, it just didn't look good. It looked really, it just looks dated now. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, but I think they can get away with it though because you could just be like, oh, you can appreciate the classics a little bit. Whereas, you know, we're talking 1999. No, That's I'm not... saying the Phantom Menace looks dated. Oh, you're now. talking about the Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. I thought you we were talking about. Um, no, the Empire Strikes Empire, Back is Empire amazing. And, and Return. Um, yeah, Fa- Phantom Menace is just bad. It's just bad. The, 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 film, it's, the film itself is, is fine. The film itself is fine. But it's hated for a lot of reasons. And I mean, if you ask any Star Wars junkie, more or less, they're going to say Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Yeah, he's just so annoying. I, I feel bad for the actor that played Jar Jar because, I mean, that wasn't on him. It wasn't on him for the way that Jar Jar was presented, but it just like, oh, God, it did not work. Well, at least they have to put a face to it. It was all CG. Jar Jar Binks is like the first, one of the first entirely CG characters in yeah, cinema and they, history. and they completely fucked it up royally. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, Playing it through the Lego games, I'm like, wow, you know, this is not that bad. But then you actually watch the movie and you're like, oh, my God, (laughs) it's bad. Oh, it's really bad. And, you know, Lego Star Wars, like they just released the Lego Star Wars game that has all nine movies. Yes, I did. I did see that. I am still getting that over the weekend. I am thrilled. Now, what what consoles did it come out on? It's on everything. Yeah, it's on everything. Oh, I might have to get that. Mm. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, I don't want to play this weekend just because of the Masters, but I might have to get it. Get it and download it and play and find time to play it. Hmm. Yeah, you might have you might have uh, got me into that idea, Adam. Yeah, I love Lego Star Wars. Big fan. Big fan of Star Wars, period. Hence why we're doing this. Yep. All right. So two, three, and five. Uh, let's go with four. Number four is from Charles. Where's Charles Charles? from? London, England. Okay, Charles. We're talking to the prince himself. Yes. Prince Charles, big star. Noted Star Wars fan. Noted Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Soon enough, we're going to have a king that appreciates the classics. (laughs) So Charles asks, this is going to be a fun one. So Charles asks, how is it possible that the series messed up so much with killing off Luke? The layup was to have Kylo kill Luke and make him an uber Sith Lord. Yes. Yes. Prince Charles, you are on the money. Oh, how? How do they fuck that up? I mean, that's literally like they could have just had a redo of what happened with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Yes. And it worked the first time. Yeah. So don't fix what ain't broke. But I think I think they really wanted to center it around a, a villain that was truly conflicted between the light and the dark with Kylo. So if they wanted to tell that story, they succeeded. But I mean, you kill off the guy basically made this series what it is in the most absolute re- 
ridiculous way possible. Well, also, I feel like the weird thing is, it w- or actually the, the poetic thing about this scenario would be Luke is kind of responsible for Kylo Ren being a Sith Lord anyway, because he, because Luke saw a vision of Kylo killing a bunch of people. And then Luke was going to kill Kylo Ren. And then Kylo Ren woke up and he's like, Oh, are you, is uncle Luke trying to kill me? And then that's kind of what led him to turn to the dark side. So it would have been kind of poetic where he's basically just rejecting the light entirely. But I feel like, with Darth Vader, they told they told a great story with a character who's conflicted, at least Absolutely. at the end. If you kind of honestly, if you kind of watch all six movies, the story that story of Darth Vader and his conflict, or Anakin Skywalker with his conflict of the dark side and the light side, is a way better story than that. And even Luke is a better character where it's the other way around where he decided to go with the light and he was conflicted over the light side of the dark side of the force there is a way though to tell that story like they could have kylo completely kill luke and then if you want to continue the sort of love thing that he's got going on with ray whatever you want you wanted to call that the shirtless skype thing the, yeah, the, the shirtless sh- skype thing yes yeah absolutely and make that conflict happen, you could still do it, but not at the not at the expense of making the the the, the a character in the fucking series die because it was a time he just wanted to be a force ghost. Like what? Please stop. Stop. Yeah. Well oh. There's so many things wrong with the sequel trilogy, and I think it all boils Where do you down. Begin? It all boils down to too many cooks. That's what it is. Literally. It's just not focused. No, it just bounces all over the place. I mean, you could you could do a whole freaking five hour podcast on the things that are wrong with the with the new with the new uh, trilogy, the new new trilogy, not the new trilogy. I mean, you could probably do a five-hour podcast on the things that are wrong with episode one and episode two, because we all know episode three is perfect. Yeah, a little Adam, bit. Adam, please stop. Please stop right now. Episode episode three is incredible. That is just that's peak. It's a peak cinema. How that didn't win Best Picture, I have no idea. Yeah, right. No idea how it did win Best Picture. Come on, crazy craziness. You were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. I'm not going to be doing the Anakin screech. I, I do not have that in my vocal cords right now. I, I sincerely apologize. The best we're going to get today is, is impressions of General Grievous and of Obi-Wan. Well, hello there. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Well, you are lost! You underestimate my power. Don't try it. So weird. All right. Uh, I think all that's left is one and six. Yeah. Uh, Let's go with six. 
six is from Liam. Where's Liam from? Liam is from Topeka, Kansas. All right. Go Jayhawks. Go Jayhawks. Besides the obvious Jar Jar Binks, who's your least favorite character in the Star Wars series? Oh, wow. Ooh. Besides Jar Jar. Yep. Wow. My least favorite in terms of what? Just personal preference? There's no context. There's no additional context to this question. It's just okay, your so least I'm, favorite I'm just going to take that as personal preference. Yeah, it's your least favorite character. Outside of Jar Jar. Yes. Um... Damn. Yeah, it's a tough one. Damn. Because there, there, there's a lot of ways that you could spin it. Because you want to say least favorite character in terms of how they're portrayed or in terms of story arc or in terms of just the, the, the whole package. There, there, there are a lot of different ways. Oh, God. I would probably say... Hmm. The Imperial Guards. Just kidding. The Imperial Guards. I'm just kidding. I'm what did they kidding. ever do? They literally did nothing. They have no lines. They 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 just stand there and walk out of the room when Yoda walks in. Um, they have such cool red cloaks. Oh wait, yeah, they do. Those, they have... those red cloaks. Yeah. those red cloaks are nice. Red cloaks are nice. I would probably go ahead and say Darth Maul. Darth Maul is an obvious one. I would, yeah, it's really obvious. Oh, but we're not we're not even counting. I take that back. I take that back. I'm gonna spare Darth Maul. I'm gonna say Ray. I don't know. I feel like I wasn't a fan. Personally. I like Ray. I just don't like what they did to her character. That's that. That's a big part of the problem. And I thought I thought Daisy Ridley played her as well as she possibly could. But and I the character about, itself, I wasn't a fan of. I could say that about the the main trio entirely, really. Yeah, that's Ray, fair. Finn, and Poe. Where I'm like, those were really good characters, but I just don't like the way that they were used in the story. Because I thought that Finn was going to be the guy. Everybody thought that Finn was going to be the guy. Me too. And Me too. it would have been so cool. I agree. You would you would have been great at it. I, I think I can honestly say the best played character in the new, new trilogy was probably Kylo. But that's also because Adam Driver is f- a fucking incredible actor. Yes. There was no possible way that Kylo could potentially be bad when you have someone as great as Adam Driver playing him. Like there, there was, there was no way that it, it, it could have just been bad. I mean, Adam Driver in Girls, I mean, oh my God, what a fantastic show. Yeah, Adam Driver's a great actor. Such a yes, good actor. He, yes, he is. Um, ooh, This is so, so I've been racking my brain as you've been talking for the past like five, five minutes, five, ten minutes. I'm glad just, I can kill some time for you. Just thinking about, because there are a lot of options where like, my least favorite character based on like wasted potential, that would probably be 
somebody like a General Grievous or a Django Fett, just based on wasted potential, or even Count Dooku, based on wasted potential. I think General Grievous is probably the, the, the best example of what could have been Count Dooku as well. But I really think that maybe in the ent- entire series, this is a big, big call. The best, I, I could, I, I didn't even consider him for who's the best played. I think you have to put Christopher Lee into that conversation. Well, yeah, he was a great, he was great, but fantastic. Same, much the same very- thing with Kylo that Christopher Lee was just so good as an actor. The character couldn't potentially be bad. Yeah. Hmm. If I had to pick one and the sequel trilogy isn't as memorable for me where I can't like pick out a couple characters, like a character or two, I'm like, wow, this person really was horrible. Um, I think I just don't like Qui-Gon Jinn. Like it's going to give me. Wow. Just because I'm like, he's Liam Neeson which is great. And Liam Neeson's another great actor, but it's just like, what did he do really? Not a lot. And it ha- like, it really doesn't help us. Casey's in the worst star Wars movie. Oh no, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, listen, you're, you're going to take some heat for that one for sure. It's not, it's, it's not a, about. it's not a bad take. Like I'd be it's the first cool. one to tell you if it was an absolutely shocking, terrible take as I've done many times before, and as I will do many more times, that's not a bad take. It's just like, it's not like in your face annoying, like Jar Jar Binks, but it's like an underlying bad where it's just like, he just doesn't do anything. And also the combination of that and unrealized potential where I'm like, Qui-Gon Jinn is this great Jedi master who took Obi-Wan under his wing oh, I wonder what his backstory is. Read the comics. Like, come on. Really? You want me to read that? Like, where's that prequel show? Like, where's that show where, you know, Obi-Wan getting trained by Qui-Gon Jinn and going on other adventures together? I just, I don't know. Qui-Gon Jinn just, uh, like, it's, I'm as you can tell, I'm pretty conflicted about this because he is... A good it's a loaded question. This is a very, very loaded controversial question. But you just didn't do enough for me. Where he's yeah. in he's there for basically he's in there as a ceremonial death, or not even ceremonial, like he's there to die to inspire Obi-Wan to become a Jedi Master and train Anakin. He's in the film for two hours. Yeah, plays a vital part in those two hours, but he's in the film and he's in the series for two whole hours. And also, it's kind of a plot hole a little bit because in this, this is fresh in my mind now because I watched Empire over the weekend. What a film. I know, phenomenal. Obi-Wan says that Yoda trained him in when uh, Luke was on Dagobah. Obi-Wan was like, Yoda was the one who trained me. Jedi Master Yoda was the one who trained me. I'm like, like, fuck he did. He passed you (laughs) off. (laughs) Well, I I think think they're talking about 
you know, what we're going to see in the Obi-Wan miniseries that that's like the training that we're talking about. Maybe when, when Obi-Wan, what Obi-Wan is alluding to in episode five, when he comes back, comes back as the force ghost and talking about the, the training that Yoda gave him when, whilst he's in exile on, on Tatooine. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is also kind of like a, this is the problem with having prequels is that you can't be like, Oh, well, you know, Master Qui-Gon trained me in addition to Yoda, because I'm sure at that point, Qui-Gon Jinn wasn't a thing. He wasn't even created for that sort of, for that deal. So they didn't know. Correct. So you kind of have to build your story around that. And they kind of, and they did, but. With a lot of holes. Yes. With a lot of holes. It was a Swiss cheese story. Yes. But that's kind of, and that's one of the reasons why the prequels are are bad is just because they try like they kind of ruin a lot of the mystery of the original movies like the force and getting trained by yoda and just all that other stuff and just the like i'd be interested uh, this is a whole tangent i'm not i'm just gonna stop because this is a whole thing this is gonna be a whole thing but yeah qui-gon jinn he just didn't do a lot for me he just didn't do a lot in the movie besides die and fuel obi-wan's character growth he's literally just he's he's character growth and we thank him for it love liam neeson phenomenal actor loved him in taken and in fallout 3 and uh what else is he in oh Um, well schindler's list obviously Schindler's list yes that's another phenomenal movie but great film yeah oh so good but yeah, just I feel like it's one of those where you get Liam Neeson to sell tickets, and it's like, well, we're just gonna kill him off three quarters of the way into the movie, and you're never gonna see from him again, or you're never gonna hear from him again. Right. He didn't even come back as a force ghost. He is literally never heard from. Nope. He was just a dude. Pretty much. You're Obi-Wan's master, and you just don't you're barely even mentioned. Not even as like a voice or anything. No. Underutilized. Just, yeah. Star Wars is a series of underutilized characters. <laughs> you aren't kidding. Because it's it's a movie. Because it's a movie series, not a TV show. If Star Wars was a TV show, like Star Trek is, oh dear God, then oh my God, I would love it. Because then you'd actually be able to have some serious character growth. I would have no life. Yeah. Because I would just be watching and watching and watching. But I think that, yeah, that's that's mine. All right. Done shooting on uh, Gwygon? Yes. All right. Question one is from Tim. Hmm. Tim. Tim. Or let's say Tim, former host of the Basement Talk podcast, maybe. Probably not, though. I could confirm it's not, but I do love Tim. Tim, at, well, first, where's Tim from? San Francisco, California. All right, then. Tim asks, what are your bold predictions for the Obi-Wan series? For fuck's sake, how long do we have? Let's say one Per person. I will say 
I say Qui Gon returns. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess now that I was talking about it, it's kind of put the thought in your mind. Yeah. I mean, I had, I kind of had that in my head. I mean, I have, I have a lot more, but I think that'll be the one that I go with. I mean, I'll, I'll give, I'll give, I'll hit, I'll hit on three returns. I think we're going to get Qui Gon, Darth Maul, Palpatine. Well, I think Vader's going to be in it. Obviously. Yep, Vader's going to be in it. I think Palpatine's in it as well. Yeah. My bold prediction is that Vader... Can you imagine if Vader goes to Tatooine and gets kind of close to finding Luke and then he just turns back or Obi-Wan kind of like fights him off? Because they've met, they've met before. Well, obviously right. they've met before. Right. But like as Vader and Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. you know... That would be yeah, new hope. New hope wasn't the first time that they had that they had met as right. Vader versus Obi Wan. They had met prior, and that could be this could be where we see that that little matchup happen. So that would be fascinating, where you get that sort of thing. You know, you could have your Anakin versus Obi Wan part two. Except yes, please. Different. Yes, please. Let me ask you this before before we before we go. It's, it's just yes or no will suffice. Do we see Anakin without the helmet? Or Vader without the helmet as Anakin? For like an extended period of time? Probably not. Don't think so either. But do we actually do we actually see Hayden Christensen's face at any point? I don't know. I don't think so. I think so. I think so. Well, in flashbacks, probably. More than likely, yeah. I don't think they're actually going to have... Well, that's the point, is that you can't really survive all that well without the without the helmet. Like he or, can, or if he's in the, uh, in the chamber. He's in the chamber. Then he can. I, I really wonder how they're going to do that. If it's just him in the suit, I mean, it's like... You could do. You could. You could put like. Uh, you could put. I don't know. Put you or I in the suit and say we're Anakin. Say we're Hayden Christensen. And and well, uh, and maybe it's home. just the voice. Maybe they're dubbing it. Well, it's easy to dub Darth Vader. He's wearing a mask. It's like that wasn't James Earl Jones in the suit for Darth with Darth Vader in the original movies. Oh right. Well, everybody knows that. And if, you don't, guy, if you don't know that, then spoiler alert. Yeah, it was a guy in a suit with James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones's voice. Right. Very easy to dub. So maybe that's what the the route that they're going on. Because really, like it's just I don't know. I don't know because I thought I saw a while ago that there was some um, footage that was leaked of Obi Wan of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen sparring. Hmm. Well, maybe that's for a not like in character, but like practicing. Well, it's probably for a flashback, I would think. Could be. Which give give me all give me all the Anakin. Give me all the Anakin. Give me all the Obi-Wan. I am Adam. I'm so excited for this series. You have no idea. No, I clearly don't. Oh, I can't wait. Clearing the schedule. Clearing the fucking schedule. It premieres May 27th. 
my last my last weekend off from work, Memorial Mem- Friday Memorial Day weekend, we get this series. Oh my god. They just they just know how to just grab us by the cojones, don't they? Yeah. Well, everyone, enjoy the Masters. Enjoy Tiger. We're back, baby. We're back. And I'm telling you right now, if Tiger wins, you're going to see a rabid creature next week. I will be off the chains. Oh, I can only imagine. Off the chains if he wins. Don't think he's going to. Don't even think he's going to make the cut. But I will be off the chains. Well, what a story, though. Come on, Tiger. Come on, baby. My guy. My guy, Tiger. Enjoy it, everybody. Let's go, Tiger. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast. For my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Love you guys. Bye-bye.